Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Chicago everywhere, check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. There it is. Ooh, yeah. There it is. Ah, ah, we're here. Magic. We're back. <laughs> oh, swear to God. <laughs> Listen, we're recording, right? Yes, sir. What episode is this? 108? 108. See, I told you you would get it. I believe I'm on a dream. roll. I'm the, don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't fuck with me, Jesse. Don't fuck with me, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about myself right now. So I didn't even get off the couch. Usually I, I move to the kitchen table or go upstairs to the office to get ready to give what I think is a splendid performance uh, for 107 episodes. But you know what? I thought to myself, why not be as average as the teams that I watch play baseball today and just sit on the couch and do my job? Like, I. and by the way, you know, shout out to all, they, who should the shout outs be to today, fellas? Because <laughs> I, I'm I'm not running out of people, it's just the people that I want to name, you know, it's going to, it's going to get, start to get a little dicey here as we, as we go along. You know, I've already shot out the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the parking attendant people. Yeah, we, we shouted them out. Uh, we shouted out the scammers before that. Shout out, hey, you know what? Shout out to all the therapists out there, out there making lives better. You know what I mean? Shout out to all of you because 
Lord have mercy. You're gonna need to, you're gonna need to talk to some baseball fans, especially in the city of Chicago after today. So early in the day, <laughs> the Cubs mess around and get the the brakes beat off them by the Cincinnati Reds, twenty to five. They out there throwing at people. People are throwing at them. You know, David Ross getting kicked out for the second straight game. Andrelton Simmons gets into the game to pitch. This is a man who had a bum shoulder and couldn't be with the team. All of a sudden, he's out there throwing innings at the end of a blowout game. And of course, Cubs fans are mad. Shout out to my man, David Kaplan, who I have watched him go off now at least three times. (laughs) And it's not me reveling in Cubs fans' misery. It's just the fact that there's some average-ass baseball being played in this city right now. And one was expected, right, below average to average, right? Something, somewhere around there with the Cubs. But the other one is just... It's at the point now where it's comical. And the other one I'm speaking of are those beloved Chicago White Sox where after you get shellacked in the first game of the Red Sox series, second game you come out, it's a three-to-one ball game, you're feeling better about yourself, right? You're like, all right, cool. There's an upswing here. You can mess around and win the series on day three. And boy, oh boy, did Dallas Keuchel... And let me tell y'all something right here and right now. It is no fun. There's no fun to lose your fastball, right? I, I would imagine, right? There, there's things that we all get worse at in life, right? I'm 41 years old. I probably was a lot sharper when I was Tony's age or Jesse's age, right? But at this point in my life, things are starting to slow down a little bit for me. So you choose other things to be excellent in, right? Like as far as basketball is concerned, I've never been really good at basketball, but I could always run up and down and play and, and you know mess around, play three, four times a week. Now, if I get two games in in a week and I don't get hurt or feel like trash, I'm winning, right? Sometimes you, your body slows down, and it's never fun to see a professional athlete slow down or lose it. But boy, I am here to tell y'all, Dallas Keiko, you have had an amazing career, an amazing career. But man, <laughs> like dinner in a movie is is far past what this man is out here giving up every time. Seemingly. And it was like a little stretch. There was like, oh, look at Dallas Keiko. He's getting people out. But every start seems like a referendum on the rest of this man's career. And he went out there and from Jump Street. I was, I, you know, you know how you walk it past the television and you just hear the loud sounds and you're like, oh man, what's going on? Is that like a montage that's happening? Like, is there, is this just a hit parade? Is this, this must be what the Red Sox did in game one that they're replaying. These are highlights, right? You're like, no, that is Dallas Keiko out there serving it up on a platter. Y'all know how it is, men, women alike, whatever the case may be. You know when it's served up to you on a platter how good you feel about it. You're like, oh, man, I didn't even earn this one, but I'm going to take it anyway. That's what happened with the Boston Red Sox tonight and Dallas Keuchel. And this is the other thing, too. Trevor Story, hot as a pistol. Man, wouldn't he look great on either side of town? (laughs) Wouldn't wouldn't Trevor Story be, be an awesome addition to either the Chicago White Sox or the Chicago Cubs? And I get a chance to think about this, too. There's no reason for Andrew Vaughn to hit anywhere but besides the top three in the order going forward until he is uh, cold as ice. There's no need to bounce him around. There's no need to throw him in at eight. There's no need to throw him in at seven. Andrew Vaughn needs to get as many at-bats as he possibly can. Let's stop messing around here. 
He had a career high five RBI. No, and and this is the other thing too. That, that game wasn't as out of hand as the score sixteen to seven looks. You get you get launched for seven quick ones, and all of a sudden, you know they start to build a little bit of momentum. The Sox offense comes back. You get a three run double by Andrew Vaughn. Then you get a two run home run by Andrew Vaughn. It's a seven to five ball game. But yeah. We can't mess around anymore. The, the, this Sox offense, I don't know if it's going to produce uh, runs in, in bunches, but even if it is, Andrew Vaughn is going to be a part of it. That man stays healthy. Andrew Vaughn is, Andrew Vaughn is a really, really good professional hitter and a, and a run producer. That man's going to drive in a lot of runs. Tim Anderson has been hot as a pistol as well. And if Andrew Vaughn and Tim Anderson at the top of your lineup, you're cooking with gas. You figure out that third spot, Jose Abreu's been seeing the ball a lot better lately. I mean, this this is an offense that struggled, and it's time for them to start picking up the pitching. But, man, Andrew Vaughn, uh, there's no reason for him to be any lower going forward than than five or six, Not maybe even five. Like, with all the injuries throughout the lineup, as long as this man can stay healthy, the at-bats need to be in his favor. And I want to ask you guys this, too. Tony, Jesse, what's the most average thing that you could possibly think of? Because I think average, you know, average gets a, a, a bad rap. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not the, the most excellent and you're not the worst, you know, somebody's got to fill in that middle, right? And that's what I can't wait for. Because now these baseball teams have a day off and we get to watch the most average shit in the city, boy. The Cubs-Sox series, I'm sure they will be filled with delight and people throwing shit at each other and talking crazy to each other via Twitter or group chat, whatever the case may be. Hey, let me tell y'all something right now. If any one of y'all fire off any texts or any messages that come to my phone talking about Cubs and Sox, talking about a 22-22 and team versus an 18-26 and team, all right, Enjoy yourself. I am not going to find myself. But you know what I did tonight to, to watch this foolishness? I miss Clay Thompson going off. I miss the Steph Curry-led, Draymond Green-led, uh, you know, Steve Kerr-led Golden State Warriors making their six straight finals. Well, not six straight, but six finals appearance in eight years so I could sit here and watch Josh Harrison throw meatballs to Xander Bogarts and him strike out. You're like, a better man than me, Jay. Man, you damn you're right. A better man than me. I mean, not, I don't mean you damn right. I, I mean, like, I don't think you're a poor man, and I think you're a good man. You, actually, Tony, I think <laughs> I think when it all comes out in the wash, we're gonna find out that you're a far better man than me, to be honest with you. But nah, man, like, come on. This is the thing that I'm talking about too. This is like these are the parts where people are like the people who decry baseball about it being like too long or whatever the case may be, right? You're just not in it. Like if you, if you don't like baseball, then fine. Just say that. But man, when we talk about when a sport is played poorly, which one that you would like to watch the least, man, sign me up for baseball every time. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the only, it's the, Jay, it's the only one where if you are awfully bad, it lasts longer. It's the only sport that does yep. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because cause can't nobody get anybody out. Uh, they, they sent that boy Matt Barnes out there for Boston. It's like, hey, blow out game. All you got to do is throw strikes. Matt Barnes is like, watch me walk four straight guys. 
<laughs> watch, watch me turn this three hour and 15 minute affair to a, a three hour and 45 minute affair because I'm Matt Dan Barnes, right? And then we get to see Josh Harrison pitch at the end. Bad basketball versus bad football versus bad baseball. Bad baseball is sitting around looking at y'all like, who's going to finish second? <laughs> That baseball is Larry Bird at the was the 86 three-point contest, walking into the locker room, looking at poor tackling, a poor quarterback play, poor shooting, poor high, you know, poor uh, IQ basketball, poor coaching on the hardwood. They're looking, looking at all of it in the face and saying, who is going to finish second? Man, that shit was horrible today. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean to ruin a perfect summer day for whoever's listening to this out there, but golly, like y'all owe me for having to watch that today. All right, y'all gonna hear me talk about it. Because man, oh man, and Shevitz, I watched, I watched Joey Votto, who's 38 years old now, get mad. And I'm like, hey man, your team is ass too. Like, like, like I feel like you can't get upset if your team is the worst team in Major League Baseball if someone is mad that you're throwing at them. You know what I mean? Like, you got teams worried about teams styling all home runs in a Reds-Cubs game. Like, the, the Cubs fans are caught in this weird place right now because they they kind of hate what's happening, but they want to be around to see if it happens twice, right? <laughs> like, see if Jed Hoyer pulls off the magic again. Meanwhile, you're playing exorbitant ticket prices for that and then on the south side of town we're sitting around like all right now it's gonna turn around here soon meanwhile june is coming up pretty soon right like we're you got yourself a nice little helping of what this team actually is so yeah man i don't know about y'all but boy am i jazzed for cubs socks this weekend after both teams go out there and give up 36 runs Oh my God. I know it's a long season. I know it's a roller coaster and you can't get upset at all of them. So I hope that y'all were listening to this and it took a little bit of the burden off of you. It took a little bit of the angst off of you because why are you getting mad at average teams? They've shown you what they are at this point. Yeah, I know. I'm wrong. And I know next week I'll be upset about something concerning these two teams. But tonight, mm-mm, sometimes you just got to laugh at a bad night. And Lord have mercy, have I been laughing this entire evening. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that um that Bugs Bunny baseball episode where those dudes were just walking in line. Yeah, guess how it was One, two, <laughs> that's, three. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it felt like watching Kaiko today. Like. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I said that about the Gas House Gang uh, when uh, when they played the Yankees the other day. When the Yankees went, when Judge and John Carlos just walked up there, the conga line. One, two, three. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that shit is weird out there, boy. Like, watching a pitcher not have it and then watching him know he doesn't have it. Like, Tony Lucia was like, hey, you got mad at me last time I took you out. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> we'll, Yo, we'll catch I'll, you in the end. You know, I've been thinking, Jay, I haven't said this out loud. What's that? This Dallas Heichel thing. Real What's James Shieldis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, James came at the uh, major, like, the Tatis price. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's why that one hurts. This one. <sighs> I mean, he was supposed to be the, one of the dudes. I know, I know, yeah. They paid him all this money. He was supposed yeah. to be one of the dudes. He, he's been, he hasn't been good as a White Sox ever. At, at all. 
<laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's got that Adam Dunn feel to it where it's like, Yo. at some anytime Adam Dunn hit a home run, it's like, hey, y'all, here it comes. It's about to happen. <laughs> and then he finished with like 12 home runs. It was like, oh, shit. We was doing the, hey, y'all, here it comes all year long. <laughs> you know? Like, like, damn, is it the uniform? Is it yeah. bad luck? Like we White Sox have a have a trend of getting names and then those names being old, washed, or awful. That's not King Griffey Jr. King Griffey really. <laughs> yeah. You, have you ever have you ever heard the uh the King Griffey Jr. story? Mm-mm. Uh okay. All right. So <laughs> there's a there's a rumor that uh or an urban legend or a myth whatever you want to call it that at the end when ken griffey jr was a white Sox, um there was a a game where i believe it was paul Konerko had either i don't know got out or something some way somehow now this could completely be false but it's one of the greatest stories that i've ever heard and i i would love to get paul Konerko or someone on because as Paul walks into the clubhouse, and I guess Ken was, um, uh, you know, on duty to be like, you know, maybe in pinch hitting mode or, you know, get ready, whatever the case may be. You're in the back watching film, you know, just chilling. And, and I guess Paul or someone asked Ken Griffey Jr., if he was going to, you know, get ready or get, you know, stretched out or whatever the case may be. And, Story has it, legend has it, that King Griffey Jr. looked at whoever asked him if he was going to get ready or stretch or, you know, get limbered up. And he apparently, this is what the story was, he pointed to the logo on his shoe and said, that guy hasn't had to get ready for a decade and a half. <laughs> so like that and Manny Ramirez and like you know like Bo Jackson like Bo Jack. uh, as a White Sox fan dog like I have the the I I got the 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 pick of the litter when it comes to awesome names I could throw on a White Sox jersey right like you know like oh yo he's wearing that Manny Ramirez oh you wearing that that King Griffey Jr. like you remember King Griffey Jr. was a White Sox all that but man when they when they were here like Bo was hurt right? Manny was, <laughs> and Ken was, you know, at the end of that thing. But yeah, you can throw Dallas Keuchel on there now, boy, because sheesh, that man is out there. You know the problem, too, the, the, all the shit looked the same. That variance and that off-speed stuff, it's like when Jamie, I, I make the joke about Jamie Navarro, but Jamie was out there throwing like a 91-mile-an-hour fastball and like an 88-mile-an-hour off-speed pitch. Like, if it's all the same, then you're done. And I think the the variance for Dallas Keiko right now is, you know, his delivery isn't deceptive enough for, to make up for that <laughs> lack of stuff. And yeah. they were fucking killing him. Two innings pitch, seven hits, six earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. It's so, like what? What else for a veteran pitcher? What else? How else do you address him? Like I mean, he's been this the whole the, the last two years as a White Sox. Like what else needs to be talked to him about? Nah, ain't, there's no talking anymore. Right, there's either, no talking. You either, you either have to go on the injured list or oh, you yeah. got to outright release him because this isn't a dude you throw in the bullpen either. Like, you know, this ain't this ain't long reliever activity. And, you know, respect to him, you, know, you, you release him, probably goes and figures out what's going on with him, reassesses his situation. Maybe he feels like he's done or feels like something can be tinkered with. But 
letting him toil in this situation right now, I mean, you gotta you gotta put him out of his misery. And it sucks because, you know, you you know, people, he he's a dude too, right? He's got family as well. But this is uh this ain't good, especially for a team that's like looking for some kind of way to stop being average, right? And every time your start comes up, you know, on top of COVID for for Lucas and you know the paternity leave from Michael and and Lance Lynn and being out and Yoan being out and Eloy being out, like all in all, them being average right now is, I think, um, I think it's something to be honest with you. As many injuries they had, but you know, rest of the league don't care about injuries, nor do they have to. And they out here getting their ass whooped in a way that you know they can't get any. I hate to say it, but you can't get any momentum. Like, this team is a team that's good enough to run off 7 out of 10, you know, 8 out of 11, that kind of vibe. They can't get anything going. You can't get anything going. And when, they, when they're pitching well, they're, they're awful defensively and their offense is sputtered. And when their offense is kicked up a notch, it just happens to be during starts where guys can't fucking get anybody out. So that's, uh, that's what average tastes like, man. And, uh, that's what these, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Cubs talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the Cubs have won the ball game. Can you believe it? Wow. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Megan, how you doing? Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry we're not talking under better circumstances and better vibes and better environments these yeah. days. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of your work, right? And putting together um, lists and trying to figure out who we should talk to for this podcast. By the way, we just start recording, so you don't have to worry about, good. you know, no formal you know, invite <laughs> and introduction. I will give you a formal introduction because um, your work, uh, I think, stands apart because there's a there's a certain life to it that you don't feel ever, all the time when it comes to beat writers and beat reporters. Like you can tell when somebody's, you know, kind of burnt out and yeah. they've seen the same things over and over and they yeah. express it in their words. But there's, there seems to be, you know, not just a, a critical eye, but a, like a, a, a still a, a passion that comes through even in beat writing. Right. And yeah. you being the beat writer for the Chicago Cubs uh, for the Chicago Tribune, by the way, Megan Matamuro, who is joining us here on uh, the Fogo podcast. Am I saying the, the last name right? Am I saying yeah, it correctly? You're good. You're good. I don't want to mess up. I don't want no problems. <laughs> I already know Jesse got the West Coast faction after me. I don't want no issues <laughs> with my people out here. But when well, I can start by asking you like some hacky ass question, like which is better, you know, a Philly cheesesteak or deep dish pizza? But I don't want to do that with you right now. Even look at you. You're getting ready to answer it, too. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was ready. I was ready. But this Cubs thing, um, Jed Hoyer bristles at it being called a rebuild. And he bristles at a lot of things as of late. Um, how do you think it's going? Because it's it's in direct comparison to 
uh, something that happened pretty recently. Usually, like rebuilds, you're like, oh, eight, nine, ten years ago, this is how it felt. Four or five years ago is what we're talking about here. So how has this iteration of a rebuild slash retool looked and 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 felt as you've watched it from your vantage point? I mean, I think one thing is that they definitely have the potential to to make this a one year kind of bridge gap. I mean, obviously their their best talent really in the minors is still at the lower levels, low A, high A. So those guys are still a couple years away. But I mean, they have the financial resources to make it happen. I mean, after next season, the only guaranteed deals they have on the book um, is Stroman, is his if he doesn't opt out, Seiya Suzuki, and then David Bodie. <laughs> so they have a ton of money that they can play with if you know if they make the right moves. And I, and I think a lot of fan frustration, understandably, you know, they watch you know cornerstone pieces of a world will get traded at the deadline. And while the early returns are that they got some really good young talent for those guys, you know, in the off season, you're, you bring in say, Suzuki and Stroman, you know, that's not on paper. They look like the third best team in the division. And, you know, they're clearly still trying to evaluate pieces of who they have going forward. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think this rebuild will be necessarily as painful as the last one. And, and, go on for as long as it did. Um, especially when you look at the new revenue streams that they have compared to then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think after you, after the off season, it's hard to make an argument that this isn't a rebuild. And that certainly is tough to swallow for Cubs fans given, you know, the last few years. And looking at the way the last team was built and looking at Theo Epstein teams and now that Jed Hoyer is the man and has taken over for these last couple of years, there has been a propensity to go out and get starting pitching once you finally build up what, you know, your farm system is now on the big club, is position player filled, you're, you're putting together a lineup like they inherited Javi Baez, they went and snatched Anthony Rizzo you know, a second time with a second organization after he, you know, he had been in the minor leagues in Boston and San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. So. Now we fast forward and we're talking about Killian. We're talking about Hughes. We're talking about Steele. We're talking about a lot of arms here. Is, is that purposeful or is this, uh, uh, is this a departure in terms of uh, philosophy? Like I always like to see when a guy gets elevated to the, the head role uh, that Jed is in right now, what fingerprints he would like to place on a blueprint as opposed to, okay, this worked before. So is it out of what was available, what was draftable, or is this a, a surefire sign that Jed Hoyer is trying to build in a way that Theo Epstein and no shot of his own because he won, he won a World Series doing it, but you know the starting pitching aspect was always acquired instead of grown. Is, is, this, is this Jed Hoyer's kind of manifesto on how to retool a team, or is it just where it fell? I think it's it, it manifests in what the the foundation that they have put in organizationally over the last few years, and so you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. I mean, you look at Craig Breslow coming in and, and heading the pitching department and, and pitching infrastructure. Tommy Hadavi, what he's done, um, bringing in Daniel Mosca, Moscos um, as an assistant pitching coach, and, and his background and all behind the scenes stuff. You know, you hear about their pitch lab. You know, at the complex in Arizona. I mean, that's where, that's where, you know, you build your success from the ground up. That's how you find what, how you can optimize your young pitchers or, you know, you bring in a guy like uh, Killian 
you know, from the Giants organization and you look at the data and say, okay, like you can change your change of grip and your curveball grip and change the depth and shape of these pitches, like you can get to the next level. And that's what you're seeing in a guy with like him. Like he, he put in the work in the off season, um, you know, after they got a couple months of data on him and, you know, now he could very well be, you know, their, their next starting pitcher that they bring up. So it's stuff like that. And it's why you have guys like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, you know, having an impact on this current team and really getting that experience that they need, you know, if, if they're going to be cornerstone pieces of the pitching staff going forward for their next, you know, contending team, then, you know, these moments are really important. So I think for, for Jed, you know, going back to, to your initial question, you know, I think this is just a strength that had already, you know, been, been building for them. Um, and so now they've, they've kind of been able to exploit it to their advantage. And I think it's unquestionably their pitching infrastructure is, is the strength of the organization. If you are a betting person, because I'm not going to throw that on you, because I don't, you know, I don't want you to put your business on either. But if you are, you got to do a FanDuel Sportsbook out here. That's just what I hear. Uh, if you are a betting person, the people that are on this roster right now that Cubs fans are familiar with, which one of those guys won't be here when it's time to contend? It depends. I mean, I think a guy like Kyle Hendricks, I mean, you look at him, he has a, there's an option for after next season. You know, he's, I think, 32 going on 33. Now, he maybe he's a part of this team, but he's not going to be the guy that, you know, you you know the team was riding when they won the World Series. So I, I think they're going to have some pieces that they have now, um, but they might not be in significant roles. Um, so I guess if I, if, sorry, re, re, restate your question. So I no, I'm saying like a like guy like Ian Happ. I'm asking about the Haps of the world, right. the Wilson Contreras of the world, Jason Hayward, obviously. I mean, you know, the, the contract kind of paid for itself when you won the right. World Series, but it's time for other decisions to be made. Which, which guys who have become mainstays in that clubhouse and like fan favorites uh, two, three years from now, do you see anybody from this core group of veterans? Not because we're going to get to Frank Tank and Patrick Wisdom. Right, right. We're going to get to these other guys, but of that core group that we're talking a lot about now, heading into the trade deadline, which ones do you think will be here in the next couple of years? I mean, honestly, beyond Hendricks, who technically could be under team contract through mm-hmm. 24, I mean, he might be the only guy. I mean, you know, Hap is going to be a free agent after next year. Obviously, Wilson's a free agent after this season. And they haven't, based on the track record, shown an inclination to re-sign these guys for what they might get on, you know, in free agency. I think Wilson is going to be a huge test case to that because of the value in, you know, what he brings as the DH being here has obviously helped him tremendously by not having to catch every day. So, you know, what they do with him, I think is going to say a lot of kind of their approach for how they might handle somebody like Ian Happ, um, you know, after next year. But beyond them, I'd say probably Nico Horner. I mean, he's really impressed at Versailles. Obviously, he got a fluke injury um, with the umpire. But um, beyond him and, you know, Suzuki, who will obviously, you know, be under contract by then. I mean, there, there are not very many obvious choices. Who's the rip and flip guys? Like, all right, you were here, but you got to go because you you played well. Who, who are yeah. those dudes on this team right now? I'd say most of them are on the pitching side. So I'd say Wade Miley, Drew Miley, David Robertson, Chris Martin, um, 
Michael Gibbons, basically any of those guys. That, so anybody who's had the ball in their hands. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> any any guy that has an expiring contract um, could very well be on the way out uh, in two months or so. All right. So Patrick Wisdom, you wrote about Patrick Wisdom. Uh, the numbers are phenomenal. If you look at that 100, was it 145, 150 game sure. spread that you chronicled, 38 home runs, you know, sixth in the league since he's joined uh, the, the Cubs. Obviously, the high strikeout rate, but the defensive versatility, and he's 31 years old. So there's all those things thrown in the bucket there. What is his value, not only as a Jed Hoyer now, but going forward in terms of, you know, because it there's a real, and I'll, I hate to throw Jose Abreu in this because this is an AL MVP and a guy, you know, but for a while, Jose Abreu was the lone ranger. And then all of a sudden, he started to add pieces, guys started to develop, and, and now you don't have to worry about Jose Abreu having a two-week slump, and all of a sudden, that's shutting your lineup down because you got lineup depth. What's Patrick Wisdom's future like in the Cubs, not only system, obviously, he's up at the big league level, but w- how do they envision his role going forward? Yeah, I think the big thing is you don't find power like that. And, you know, the 40% strikeout rate is obviously concerning. However, when, you know, you've hit as many homers as Bryce Harper and Jordan Alvarez, you know, since <laughs> he's gotten called up, and the guys ahead of him are Otani and Aaron Judge. And right. Vlad. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, like, there's things that you can live with. And the fact that, I mean, he plays superb defense at third base, you know, which is, really important for the current pitching staff because, you know, they have, they have a pretty um, high ground ball rate. So, you know, they're willing to live with the strikeouts when you have a plus plus skill like he does. And um, yeah, I mean, we were talking to David Ross pregame in Cincinnati and, and we're kind of going in depth about that. Like, you know, can you have a guy like that in your lineup? And he basically was like, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely can. And he definitely has a ton of value for them. And it, and the key to that going forward is the pieces around him. You know, you have to have contact hitters. You have to have the Frank Schwindels, Nico Horners, you know, whoever, whoever that might be in the next year or two, um, you know, around him. So he can't be exploited as much. And, you know, I mean, he's been hitting at times against right-handers in the seven or eight spot for them. I mean, that, that is a huge uh, value for a team when you're that deep and you have somebody that can uh, be a run producer at, you know, in the bottom third of the lineup. So, you know, obviously the age you can't ignore. However, I mean, you're, you're going to, if you're the Cubs, you're riding this as long as, you know, he's, giving you a uh, plus value on the field. And, you know, for now, you know, they're, they're willing to take some of those valleys um, to, to get the, you know, two week stretch where he can carry the team. Who is the prospect or the player that's on the big club now that you don't think Cubs fans are as excited or as excited as they should be about? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, and honestly, they don't have a ton of guys that are- <laughs> heard of um i mean I do think, like hey you've seen it all damn it just get excited about one <laughs> i mean I, I will say like i think i think there are a lot of fans that obviously know who nico horner is and right. Um, right. what he can do and obviously the injuries have impacted him but i mean i just have been incredibly impressed with the work that he put in in the off season to you know dominate defensively at shortstop i mean 
he doesn't like it when I think people ask him about like, oh, like you're showing off this arm. Like, what did you do? And he's like, well, I played shortstop in college. Like I, I know how to play shortstop, but his arm strength has been very impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. his jump throws he's done in the hole, you know, wows his pitchers every time, you know, that happens. And so I don't think it can be discounted, you know, what he has done defensively to make himself, you know, you know, he was a gold glove candidate at, at second base and he certainly is, you know, putting his stamp on shortstop. And so I think, you know, I don't know if fans have have fully appreciated the work that he put in, but I think that says a lot about him that he didn't pout about not getting to play his natural position and he really, you know, attacked it hundred percent. How do you feel about Morel? And cause I was, I, I saw, I was chasing my, my little guy around during the game <laughs> yesterday. So I saw Taylor McGregor and the, and the five folks over at Marquee uh, detailing his injuries to his hand and his arm and, you know, how he has trouble closing his glove hand or opening his glove hand, I guess. He has to, like, pry it open. What's the backstory on that? And and what what's his ceiling? Because obviously when you make the kind of splash that he made coming up and seeing, seeing his first game getting a home run at Wrigley Field, I mean, what? What are the prospects for this young man and what's the story behind it? Yeah, I mean, he's been a guy that uh, he's been on their 40 man because they had to protect him, um, but he hadn't gotten an opportunity in the big leagues until, you know, this past week or so. And obviously he had that memorable homer and, you know, right after, you know, Wilson Contreras, obviously throughout that entire celebration, you know, could, you could feel the love that he had for him. And after the game, you know, he talked about, you know, how, you know, as you allude to, like the injuries could have ended his career before it ever really got going. So, I mean, that says a lot about him in terms of perseverance, um, being able to grind through, especially at the minor league level. I mean, dealing with injuries when you're so far away from the majors, it's just, it, those are a grind regardless. But no, and far away from home, right? He's from the yeah, Dominican, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so add all that together. And I mean, that certainly tests your mental fortitude. Uh, but I mean, if you look at what he's done on the field, I mean, he can basically play every position. Um, Ross said you probably wouldn't put him at catcher, but he said he probably could even pitch if, 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 if needed. Right. Uh, but yeah, he just, he's clearly athletic. I mean, you have to, to be able to play not only corner spots, but up the middle and in center field. He has a great arm, clearly has the pop, you know, it's bad. I mean, the key for him is, you know, when there's more of a book on him, you know, how does he handle the league adjusting to him? And, can he stay within his approach and not chase, which is, you know, something that every hitter, especially a young hitter, um, is challenged by at certain points of their career. So, yeah, I mean, he's been for 22 years old. I mean, he's incredibly impressive um, and gives them something that they don't really have um, in, in terms of a guy that they can, that Ross can plug anywhere in the field defensively and, you know, know you're getting a quality glove at that position and you know you really can't just count the importance of something like that who in that clubhouse understands the job that you guys do more so than anybody else um i would say probably kyle Hendricks. i mean he's been doing it so long the professor yes yeah i mean he gets he gets what our job entails and i i think the fact that most guys having talked to them like in spring were a fan of doing stuff on zoom um does a lot because you know like they don't want to be recorded every single second um of tell, every tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> of every interaction that they're having and i think for the most part you know a lot of guys understand the job even if you know they they don't like being part of the process sometimes 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Because yeah, only if they knew, we don't like talking to them every damn day. But that's our job right. as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, your time in Philadelphia. Um, how did this start for you? Because I know you spent time with the Athletic. I know you, mm-hmm. you know, you covered the Phillies. Now you're covering the Cubs for Chicago Tribune. I mean, this this is big business, Megan. How how did you get started? What what uh what set you off? What 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 sixth grade English teacher told you that this was the life for you? Um, well, actually, uh, my grandpa and, and his brothers uh, were journalists. My grandpa, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, so you grandpa, had to do this. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa, my grandpa worked at the Tribune. Uh, my, uh, my great uncle, his brother, was an editor at the Tribune at one point. So, like, I grew up hearing stories about it from my grandpa, and it just sounded super cool. Um, and ah, then, nepotism working for us finally. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, to be fair, to be fair, my last name is not the same, so nobody would know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it was on the application. They're like, "Hey, don't worry, we got you." Yeah, you know, we. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and like growing up, I, I played sports, loved sports. You know, knew that obviously that wasn't going to be a professional path. Um, and so, you know, going to school at the University of Illinois in Champaign, like I you know, committed to the sports journalism path, student paper, all that. And when I graduated, I actually started covering the Cubs and Sox for a suburban paper mm-hmm. years. And then that led to a job in Philly um, for a um, suburban paper and then jumping to the athletics. So yeah, I, I covered the Phillies for about seven years for two different outlets. Um, and that was definitely good, good training since, you know, when I first started out there, I was covering, you know, Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamlet, Brian Howard. So that was time. Yeah. Going into that and as, as you know, those teams were on like the back end of, of their runs. Um, so yeah, I learned, definitely learned a lot between that and, and covering those rebuilding Philly teams. No doubt about it. All right. As we let you go here, worst day of your career, best day of your career. Ooh, I'd say probably the worst day of my career was a couple of years ago. Um, I, I wrote a story on a, on, on a reliever, this is the Gabe Kapler era, a reliever not being ready um, late in the season, like to the point where the umpire literally had to go out to the bullpen to call the guy in. I'd never seen that before. I, I wrote about it, like basically like clearly there's yeah. some communication. It's been an issue, blah, blah, blah. I knew obviously it wouldn't go over well. Next day, like, I'm thinking everything is cool. Already talked to people, blah, blah, blah. I get a text from someone in the front office ripping me, like, calling me dramatic, blah, blah, blah. Mm. We um, went to, you know, Ken Rosenthal and wanted him to reprimand me. Uh, So that was a rough day. That was a rough day. Rough day. Yeah, I didn't know Ken Rosenthal was the arbiter of punishment when it comes to (laughs) Um, Hey, hey, Ken, handle this over here for us. Like, what? Yeah, but to be fair, I like, you know, credit to like my colleagues, like Ken had my back and was like, what she wrote was 100% true um, (laughs) and all that. So that was a rough day just because, like, especially for like an organization you've covered for a while, like, you'd like to have a doubt that you're not like writing a hit piece. Like, Mm Um, so that was tough. And in terms of the best, I mean, I would say just like when you get to cover special moments, like I covered Hamill's no hitter at Wrigley. Um, and like that was his, we, everyone knew going in, that was going to be his last start. So like stuff like that is always cool and special. Um, and you know, I, I always appreciate and never take for granted when like you get to be part of baseball history and like 
get to to write something off of those special moments. Well, I, I hope you get a chance to cover more special moments, uh, not just with this season, but in seasons going forward. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, Carrie, Illinois' finest, right? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Megan Montemoro, thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate you, and we'll be uh, looking out for you in the trip. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Megan, right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. We'll be back with more of the Full Go with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. It's the Full Go that's all the time we have for episode 108 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Make sure you join us on Sunday because we'll be talking Cubs, socks. Oh, I can't wait. I know you guys out there can't wait as well. And we'll jump into some of this OTA stuff as well because as we take a look at what the Bears are presently constituted as, eh, this is going to look like another four or five win season on the men. So thank you to Megan Montemuro from the Chicago Tribune. She covers the Chicago Cubs like a blanket. We appreciate her joining us. As always, don't forget you can hit us up on the Full Go voicemail line, 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. As always, thank you to our producers, Steve Cerruti, the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti, the always active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff saying thank you so much for listening to this thing, downloading this thing, sharing subscribing to it, rating and reviewing it, whatever you do to it, we appreciate what you do for this podcast. So for the fellas, as I bid you adieu, uh, I want to say this as we're out of here too. Shout out to Bomani Jones and the Tim Anderson interview because I believe Tim Anderson before and I believe Tim Anderson even more after, after that talk with Bomani. So uh, looking forward to chopping that up as well with you guys on Sunday. So we'll talk about that more. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thanking you for listening to the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. As always, Spotify is the gang. We leave you with this. Take care of each other, and remember to be safe. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. 
They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.